You know, it's close to Cincinnati and all that stuff. Oh, God. Cincinnati. It sucks. Cincinnati does suck. That place sucks. Ain't, yeah. Cincinnati sucks. Columbus smells like a sewer. Columbus is a sewer. Now, like, rural Ohio had nothing but great experiences. Oh, yeah. Rural um, Ohio's not bad. I went to, there was a little place I went through on the way to Indiana for the Night Rider thing. Mm-hmm. And I stopped at this, it was in this little town, and they had a little food place called the Town Trolley. And it was such a cool little place. And it was the homemade burgers and the fries and all the different ice creams that they make. Mm-hmm. Man, I like that place. And it was just miles and miles of farmland and quiet. And I thought, I can I can get with this. Yeah. And then you get to Columbus and Cincinnati and some of the some of the awful, terrible, ridiculous ugh. Yeah, no, like like minded in mass. It it's terrible. I don't like any of those places. I hate metro areas. I hate huge cities. They suck. You could not pay me to go back to Chicago. <laughs> you just can't. And not just because I don't want to get shot, <laughs> but because Chicago sucks. And Chicago does suck. And I've had my fill of it. Yeah, Chicago sucks. Hey, but at least the uh, at least the sound thing is um, is good. Is even better than before because I finally got the the nice cables and everything. So mm-hmm. now my perfectionism and my my high standards can be satisfied. Observe. Nice and clear. Mm-hmm. And in two channels. Isn't that nice? Doesn't that feel nice? Oh, yeah. Tears for fears overall. I haven't listened to it. The microphone, the headphones, it just feels right. And it's been too long. I'm actually finding out how long it's been. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I feel dumb now. <laughs> I feel dumb every day. I feel really stupid now for how long it's been. Well, the long national nightmare is over. We're back. It's episode eight of Apex Live. I'm Brad. That's Steve. Hi, Steve. Hello, Brad. It's it's um, it's been too long. We last recorded on October nineteenth. Yeah. It is November thirtieth. A belated Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh yeah. Um, Thanksgiving is its own adventure. If you have a family of any size whatsoever, Thanksgiving is an adventure, and mm-hmm. you've got travel, and you've got chaos, and you've got. For some people, too much food. For other people, not enough food. In our case, for the first time in a long time, not enough food. We ran out of food. Oh. And that is completely unacceptable because, well, most of the time, it's the only thing I'm looking forward to on the holidays is food. So running out is not okay. And I'm going to have to bust some heads for the next family gathering. Although, spoiler alert, I may not have to go because we may have an event going on that time. Steve? Yes. um, It's been a chaotic little bit of time here. It's been chaotic for us. It's been, and that's why I haven't recorded. It's been chaotic in our world. Um, I think almost, almost fifty percent of men on planet Earth have been accused of sexual assault in the last six weeks, something like that, which may or not may or may not be accurate. I don't know, 
But if you are a person of any renown whatsoever, you have been accused of sexual assault in the last. And there's nothing funny about that. Legitimate sexual assault's terrible, and you should be thrown in jail, shot, dragged behind a truck. I don't care. But um, whenever it doesn't um, blow your career up like you expected it to, um, and you wait vast, you know, amounts of years to come public with that, then you're an <laughs> asshole. That's true. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you this too. I think we need to be, have a little better understanding of what constitutes assault. Okay, I if saw I it. invite you into my hotel room and I'm famous and you don't see my penis, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I saw a news story, and I'm not kidding here. This was this is a news story about the producer of one of my guilty pleasure shows that I've I watched for eleven. I think it was on eleven seasons or nine. No, it was on nine seasons. So I watched nine seasons of it. And all of the actresses coming together and signing this big letter of outcry about this, the horrible sexual harassment and assault that they, that they suffered. You know what he was accused of doing, Steve? <laughs> now, you tell me if this was assault. And I've literally pretty much built myself a, just a wall since we haven't seen each other. I do not pay attention to the news. We talk, we've, we've talked on Messenger, and yes. we've, just, we've not had much time to do anything, and that sucks. Um, but that's changing now, and that's what matters. This guy was accused. Accused. Okay. And by the way, accusation is not evidence. Can we get that out there? If accusation was evidence, then our criminal justice system would look way different. Ugh. He was accused of showing other men on the cast and on the crew naked pictures of a woman, of a woman that he was having an affair with. And um, petting the actress's hair and rubbing their shoulders. Hmm. Who's this? Uh, his name is Mark Schwann, and he was the creator and producer of One Tree Hill. And okay. yes, I watched every episode of One Tree Hill. I know it like an encyclopedia. I know that's weird because I'm a dude and because I'm now 35 years old. But if you have a problem with it, suck it. I don't care. That's I don't okay. care if you don't like it. It was I, a great show. I've never watched it. It was a purpose. great show. On purpose. Wonderful show. Fantastic. And if you like hot women... Great show. Hey, and you know what? It's, it's whatever you like, man. It's all good. Well, I like that show, and yeah. it was kind of fun. So that was the accusation. If that's the, if that's the best you've got, you need to amp it up a little bit. Because so, how, how, is, how is someone showing other dudes a picture of a woman that he's involved with, how does that sexually harass you? Grow up, what, really. What's one – okay, Whenever I was a child, and I, maybe I'm messed up, which I admit I am, um, one of the the uh, the main goals for any kind of fame in my mind of what I could ever possibly achieve mm -hmm. would be whatever I desired from anyone because I'm famous. That's what people do. I don't feel like that towards people now. Well, look at America. Look at mass media. Isn't that that's what they the big, do? That's the selling point, isn't yeah. it? Of fame. Yeah. Is now I can buy anything, I can have anything, I can do anything. Yeah. I, I can do. I have a blank check. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. That's yeah. what. That's the selling point of of fame, of entertainment, of sports, whatever. It's not to put a you know a great message out there and this and that. People, you know, they just want to to get and get and get and the attention is what it is. It gets you what you want. Ain't nobody Ain't in nobody. Hollywood looking to become a role model. No. And if and else and I'll go this far too. And if they were, they would tell you not to idolize them and idolize probably somebody that <coughs> is real. If your kids you know? are looking for a role model and they end up 
in Hollywood, yeah, you have failed. You have failed to an almost unthinkable level yeah. that you, that your heroes are from a world, and let's forget about the debauchery and the horrible things that are getting produced out there, and that's what we have classified now as normal. Forget all that. These are the people who you can almost predict the succession of events for them. The succession of events is they find they rise up the ranks in, in this world. They find a way to be famous. They have this career. The career starts to slide. Drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever. Then the book that they write about all those exploits and why, okay, I screwed up. That wasn't right. And that's their attempt to become relevant again. Yeah. And then it, and then they try to recycle it again. We have a show. I don't, I don't know if it's still on the air. I never watched it, so I don't know. What's but we had a show called celebrity rehab. No, but I actually, um, and I the whole to, point was yeah. to have celebrities on to rehab to try to revitalize their career. Their attempt to stay relevant. I'm surprised that I'm. I guarantee you, there were people who intentionally got hooked on something. Oh, yeah. to go on the show. Well, you know what I need. Yeah, I haven't had any good roles in, in a long time. I'm stuck doing I these B movies it. and commercials. You know what I need? Cocaine. I think that's the answer because then I can get on celebrity rehab and I can write the the letter of apology and then I can just come right back and I can be what I was. Look, not everybody has the talent of Robert Downey Jr. He's a great actor. He's an amazing actor, yeah. and that's why he was able to destroy his own career yeah. and then come back and be Iron Man, because he's basically playing himself with a bunch of cool toys to play with. Yeah. It's like Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool. That role was written for him. Yeah. But, oh, I hate... I think I think if you were able to go back and find the record of every conversation we have ever had in the, in these last several years, I think the most common phrase you would find in the transcript is, I hate people. I do hate people. I'm so done <laughs> with people. society. I'm done with people and society and the and what we have now created as an as normal. We're and picking as, a fucking side. Don't worry about a side. Worry about you. Identity politics. Yeah, let's, I'm a part of this now. No, you're not. You're an asshole, and you think you have to do what everybody else is doing. Do you and know and learn yourself, and don't let yourself be led by a bunch of assholes. Jeez. We we pick those people as our leaders. That's what terrifies me. I have no leader as a man. <coughs> well, I just mean as, but, an, but I mean, as an umbrella And it's term. Not, not, not my president thing. It's just I can't ever – if I don't know myself completely now, and these people have only been driven for a goal of power, chances are they don't know themselves. And they're not – they have no – I mean to me you need to learn as much as you can until you die. These are people who have no comprehension of self. Yeah, I okay? don't care about They don't know anything about themselves. But yet in order to be in these positions, especially in politics, positions of power, you have to be an egomaniac to some level. Oh, yeah, for sure. You have to, have, to be an egomaniac, if not a megalomaniac, uh, to go out and say, I'm going to be the leader of the free world is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the representative of this entire state in government. Well, it's a representative government. You're not supposed to vote the way you want to vote. You vote the way your constituents want you to vote. You represent them. That never happens. No. If that was the case, we would not have 95% of the laws that we have on the books right now. Tom Griswold of The Bob and Tom Show, and everybody knows my love of The Bob and Tom Show, made an excellent point. He said, I think that from now, they should pass a law that says for every new law that they put on the books, two have to be taken off. That makes Because we have way too much going on, and I could not 
agree more. I hate people. I really hate politicians. And if we want to get into all of the different occupations and labels that we hate, that is a whole other top five list because the IRS will be in there. Some people will probably have <laughs> some people probably have cops on the list. I don't hate I don't hate cops. Just a generation. Well, I don't hate thing, all cops. You know? I don't hate all cops. I hate some cops, but I don't hate them because they're cops. Yeah. I hate them, and they just happen to be cops. Okay? But I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I am not going to sit here and name any names. I'm not going to do it. I will not do it. He's a fucking ass. I will not do that because it's not right. Okay? You too. Not going to say it. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I will not because I have higher standards than that, Steve. Let's handle a little business. Obviously, we're we're on SoundCloud. That's where you're listening to us. Hopefully, in the next little bit, we're going to be on iTunes, Stitcher, maybe Google Play. Still kind of sorting through the options for what's going to happen. We've got to be more prolific with these episodes before we start going on other venues. Mm-hmm. That's going to stop now because we've gotten past some of the things that were holding us back. Uh, if you want to email us, reach out with thoughts, comments, questions, feedback, guest suggestions, guest requests. If you want to be a guest, whatever. If you just want to send us profanity and start yelling at us and calling us idiots, we'll read it anyway. We don't care. Apex Live Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Apex Live Podcast. And we'll have a Patreon page for you to be able to support the show sometime after the first of the year. No top five list tonight. We're going to save that for our next episode because we should have Justin Novaria on as a guest for episode nine we're going to talk boxing next week we'll talk about the big guillermo rigando fight with vasily uh i can never figure out what he wants vasily i think it's it's vasily yeah. he wants to say vasily lomachenko that is the dream fight i can't wait for that next weekend so we'll talk to him about that and we'll talk in retrospect about the fight that's coming up tomorrow night on hbo we'll get into that a little bit here later that, um, i know who's that uh miguel Cotto. Cotto last yeah. fight of his it's career last... will be tomorrow night we're recording Ali? this on or not not uh, tomorrow night, on Saturday night. We're doing this yeah. on Thursday. So it'll be Saturday night um, against Saddam Ali. That'll What's be that, in New the third, York. The 3rd, right, or something like that? Um, Today's December the 30th. December 2nd. 2nd. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be the 2nd. Okay, yeah. Today's so that'll be fun, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I like we'll, Kodo. We'll really get I into a Kodo, Kodo retrospective with Teddy Bear, because Teddy Bear's a historian, too. I like So Kodo. we'll talk about, um, talk about that in hindsight after that fight's over. We'll talk about the Lomachenko and Rigando fight with him as well. He's got a lot of insight on those things. And there's some other big fights coming up, too. So we'll talk boxing with Teddy Bear. And he has suggested a top five list for us, so I told him to go ahead and make his list. The top five villains. Villains. Okay. So that that's that's subjective. Who do you consider a villain? Yeah. I think... Um, I mean, is it... Is it um... What what relationship is could that? Be, like real people? Could be real people. It could be fictional characters. Okay. Who do you think are the are the top five villains? <laughs> um, just for effect, I think I'm going to have to solicit a top five list submission from Eric Slocum because I want to see who he considers to Oprah be. Oprah is going to be on villains. that list. Yeah, Oprah is a good pick for that list. I'll tell you who else: Pope Francis. Oh God, he's the least. Pope Francis. Two. He is number two. I don't know. He, he he's may a turd. Be he's top. number two. He's eventually going to be number one, but I don't <laughs> want to get in, into the subject of eschatology right now because yeah. we'll be here all night. Uh, so a lot of that stuff going on. Send us send us emails, but especially send us audio commentary. Open up the sound recorder on your phone. Send us some audio commentary, and we'll play it on the show. We'll play it. We'll talk about it. You can make fun of us. We will then, of course, make fun of you. Or it may just be intelligent discourse. I don't know. Send us whatever you want. We're just looking for feedback and submissions because we love content and it's always a lot of fun. Um, Let's see here. There was something else I was going to bring up to you. 
And now my head is just spaced because I'm not getting very much sleep again. So insomnia sucks because you know it leaves you in that fog. I got to see Justice League. We talked about the Justice League trailer um, when it was yeah, released. Yeah. So I got to – have you seen it yet? No. <laughs> the I'll reason s- why, because I'm trying to really separate myself from any kind of big media type anything mm-hmm. right now. Um, well, that includes comic book movies? Just anything that everybody else is involved anything in. Anything right that's now. mass media. Anything that's mass media. Okay, so what happens if our podcast gets really big? <laughs> That's, but see, it's it's the uh, the message, and I don't, and I'm not smart Understood. enough to really to really pick things apart <coughs> to really see what the the whole the whole thing is representing. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was going to talk a little bit about Justice League, and there was something that really just made me mad. Whenever I, I loved, I liked the movie. I'm not going to say I loved it. I liked it. I thought it was better than the theatrical version of Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. How was the visuals? It was good visuals. Visuals were not good. No, really? Um, I've expected it to be the highlight. It was overly CGI'd. Oh, okay. Uh, the big thing going into this film, everybody knew that because Henry Cavill was filming another movie at the time, mm-hmm. they wouldn't let him get rid of his mustache. The mustache. I so didn't they read had that. to CGI out his mustache. And I thought, uh, that could be a problem. <laughs> well, already because they announced it, it now, was a shitty mustache too. It was not. It, it was not. It was not even a good seventies porn mustache. No, I'll say that. So, automatically because you announce it, now everybody's going to be looking at it. Well, if everybody's going to be looking at it, you got to make sure the CGI is right to get rid of it. Yeah. It was not. It came off hazy at times. There were some visuals where you had the big, great, iconic scene with all of the characters and the background things. And he doesn't have a lip. It was not. The (laughs) the visuals were not good on that. And, of course, you can't even get through a film without politicizing something. You know it. And I thought, you know, they didn't didn't do that in Man of Steel. And Man of Steel was, it was excellent. People complain about it all the time. I thought Man of Steel was excellent. It was the Superman movie Mm -hmm. I've waited my entire life for, and I got it. It wasn't perfect, but it was excellent. Christopher Reeve, back in the day, the original Superman was pretty good. He was good. And, and But the way that they've built this universe, I think Cavill is fantastic as Superman. He, I mean, he looks a lot like Christopher Reeve. Yes. You know? There's a, there's a lot of commonality there. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching it, and I thought Man of Steel was really good. They didn't politicize it. Dawn of Justice, they didn't, but the whole thing was a turd. Mm-hmm. The version they released in theaters was garbage. It aspires to be garbage. That's how bad it is. It's flaming garbage and not even high-quality garbage, like bargain basement garbage. It was terrible. And I came out of the theater that night mad after I watched it. That's how bad it was. Straight to the rack. Okay. I haven't watched it since. That'll tell you something. So I go into this one, and you're just kind of waiting for it. Okay, what's it going to be? Well, the CGI wasn't great. The storyline, it kind of vapid. It was rushed. The ending of the film was especially rushed. I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. it the way they did it was rushed. When Superman shows up, because we all know he shows up, mm-hmm. when he shows up, it's done exquisitely well, and he's Superman in this movie. He was Superman. He shows up, and he is Superman, and he he proves it very quickly and very well, emphatically. It's great. So I get five minutes into the movie. Five minutes in, and they're still running credits on the screen. Yeah, that's how early we are. Did you uh, where now? Where did you watch this? In the theater. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it still in the theater? It's still in. The, oh, yes. Oh, okay. So it's still making money. It, it was. It the debut was the day before our fight in Kentucky. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's only been out two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting in the theater and we're five minutes in credits are rolling. And here's the first thing that they, that you see, the world is still mourning the loss of Superman. Well, of course the world's still mourning the loss of Superman. Yeah. And there's chaos in the streets and there's trouble. And what's the first thing you see? Trump something. I don't know. what. Close. It, it may as well be. They, because, because Barack Obama would be Superman and they're mourning the loss of. There may as well have been like make America great again hats on the people <laughs> and like the tiki torches from Charlottesville. Yeah. They may have made, they may as well have made it that, that overt. And I don't even know if anybody else noticed this, <laughs> but it's just one of those things that makes me mad. Cause you can tell this was intentional and they're just trying to make it subliminal. One of the scenes that they show of the chaos is a very stereotypical white dude getting thrown onto the hood of a car and arrested because he's been terrorizing this storefront that is run by a couple of Muslim people in headscarves. Because that shit happens all the time. Okay, but that's... Go to fakehatecrimes.com, okay? Go to that website and look at how how many of these instances end up being incorrect and fake. And I'm not saying that bad things don't happen. Of course they happen because people are terrible. And that's why here at Apex Live, we hate people except our listeners. We don't hate you. I think those things happened in the fifties and the sixties and it's just being rehashed. Do they still happen? Yes. I do don't they still happen? They do. do they still happen daily? Like we're, we're led to believe that every week there's a new one. No. And I, mean, that's I understand why there's website. ignorant people, but yes. I just don't, think it's like that. But that's why this website documents all these fake things that happen. But even if it's true, I don't care either way. You know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't appeal to me in either way. But why why was that necessary? And why did it have to be exactly those demographics presented in exactly that way? So I saw that and I went, okay, I see what you're doing. That's BS, but it pisses me off, but I, I expect so it. Let's, self, let's uh, move on. Let's, let's self-emoliate a little. You know, so we get, we get half an hour into the movie, and Batman's trying to build the Justice League. Yeah. And this isn't a spoiler for anybody because it doesn't really reveal anything major. And he's talking, I believe, to Wonder Woman. I would just do a little more than talk to Wonder Woman just because. Yeah. She'd break your winger off. Yeah, I have to concur. She's fantastic. She cannot yeah. act her way out of a wet paper bag. She is. At, she's. She has no range as an actor, but she may be the greatest Wonder Woman of our generation. She was of, in, of all time. She was in Maxim magazine back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Israeli model or this or that. Right before she was ever really known. I think this may have been two thousand three, two thousand four. Mm-hmm. She was hot then. Yeah. yeah. So say they just. Yeah, she doesn't have to act. So, so, so what you're saying is you would watch a movie of nothing but her reading the phone book. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Again, I concur. So, I get caught with her. I don't even care. <laughs> it wouldn't even matter. I wouldn't even like explain myself. I'd be like, seriously. Remind like, me to come can back. You get out. Remind me to come back to that concept in just a second because I have a great reference to drop on that. A great way to to sum to wrap that up. Um, Batman's talking to Wonder Woman, and he goes into this spiel about the melting ice caps and global warming and how man is ruining everything. And I'm like, really, even though we found out how much of this is junk science, you're still going to push this because Batman's going to go on this little speech about it. Even if it's not junk science, I don't care. I hope they melt and drown everybody on this planet. Just saying you're in a mood. No, this is just me. now. <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't matter. We God, we can't stop it anyway. No, we can't. No, so we it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. But I just thought, why why is it necessary to push this crap yeah. in our fiction? It's a comic book movie. Yeah, racist white people. You why have <laughs> we have racist people everywhere. Every... Why, why do you have to just portray one side of it in, in fiction? I don't understand. The most ra- and I, what was this? I think it was um, was it Louis C.K. No, it wasn't Louis C.K. It was uh, it was a channel from you know my Pandora or whatever. Hmm. Um, who, who's a redhead fella? Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, Carrot top. No, he's from Boston, but I don't know his name. Um, Bill Burr. Burr. He was Bill Burr is one of my favorite comics alive. By the way, get his podcast, the Monday Morning Podcast. He's funny. He's a genius as a social commentator. He's talking about the people how they're racist, and uh, and he's you know he's talking to some Asian people and how how racist Japanese are to Chinese, mm-hmm. and how they all hate Filipinos, and they all hate Koreans, and they all hate Koreans. So, um, you know what? It's 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 meant it's supposed to happen. People, people are garbage. Okay? People are, are hate filled garbage. And the ones who stand up on their podium and talk about how uh, about how inclusive they are, they end up they end up being seen the same way as the people who were standing on the podium and and, and pounding the gavel about sexual assault and then they're the ones who are having all the accusations levied against them now. Put a chimp and a gorilla in a cage and see if they get along. Put a lion and a tiger in a cage and see if they get along. They're cats. They're apes. They're monkeys. They're primates. Whatever. Yeah. They're going to try to smash each other. They don't like each other. But what's our what's our central theme of all of this, though? People are terrible. And we hate people. <laughs> I fucking hate people. Because, we hate people. Um, they want to be special, and you're nothing really but a piece of shit. So uh, there's no reason for you to be here most of the time. Is this our schizophrenic episode? Because we're all over this the place. This is me now. I'm telling you. I'm, I, I just mean episode-wise. We're all over the place. It has to be that way. It's always been that way. I mean, since episode one. That's true. Well, bringing it back to Gal Gadot now. Which, <laughs> yeah. Which is all, that's a good place to bring anything back to. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. You said that you would get caught with her. I'd get caught. I don't care. Chick McGee on the Bob and Tom Show one morning said, I don't know why this was his pick for this, but he loved Amy Grant. Do you remember Amy Grant? Uh, she's a singer. She was a singer. She was a Christian music singer, yeah. and then she was just a pop singer. Yeah, she did. Uh, she's married to Vince Gill. Yeah, Vince Gill. Yeah. I mean, she's not that great, but Chick loved Amy Grant. She's kind of like hot in a plain way. She, plain's a good way to yeah, put it. Plain. So, but no, no makeup, attractive. So yeah. she, uh, she was in the news for something. I, I think Bob was going to play in Vince Gill's golf tournament again. <laughs> And Chick said, Amy Grant is my Christmas morning woman. <laughs> and somebody asked him, oh, you mean that's the woman that you'd like to come down the stairs on Christmas morning and she's wrapped up under the tree waiting for you? He said, no, that's the woman that I would leave my wife and kids for on Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> that is horrible, but I've never forgotten that's that descriptive best. term. And when, you, and when you say I'd get caught with her, I think... It's Christmas morning. Yeah, that's actually that goes a little further. Well, I don't know if I could ever do that. Well, maybe. I don't know. Well, our I know our long time after today, I probably could. Our devoted. I'm not going down. It wasn't me again. I have to say this. It was not me. Oh, she does. We um, she has a black heart. <laughs> we uh, we've already established in an earlier episode that your your number one is Rashida Jones. Yeah, she's hot, dude. Because like, you love Rashida Jones. She's just something. There's something. Uh, but see, then again, who's the? Uh, what's the woman's name? Uh, uh, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, oh yeah. You mentioned dude, Zoe right after Rashida so last hot, time too. Dude. And she's like nerdy, like pretty, like goofy hot. Though they're both the same personality type. Yeah, and her sister, 
it was the one girl that was on Bones. Really? She has a sister? Yeah, Emily Deschanel was, well, was well, the girl she, on Bones. Is she hot Bones. too, though? Dark hair, kind of? She's pretty, but she's not cute like, like Zoe is. Are we really talking about the Deschanel sisters but, here? I, mean, I think we are. But see, the Zoe's, Zoe's sister, the, the Zoe of the sisters, her... She has a just overall nice body. Yeah, but yeah, but points off for Zoe because I think she's a vegan. Actually, I'm thinking about I becoming a vegan. I, we, I, that that's unacceptable because we're going to Troy's to have cheesesteaks. But so how are you going to? I'll have a vegan cheesesteak. But the only reason I'm, oh, I'm thinking oh, about being really? a vegan is here's your rainbow flag. I want to. <laughs> the only thing I want to eat are things that I've killed. I've never killed a chicken. I've never killed a cow. Oh, we can arrange that now. If I kill one, I'll eat one. Okay. But I've I have killed a deer, so I don't mind eating that. I've killed fish, I don't mind eating that. You ever killed lettuce? <laughs> yeah, actually I have. But see, the thing about it is, it's it's nothing to do with the pain of the animal or anything like that. It's more of like the production of what you actually receive from that. How much water it takes, how much food source it takes to okay. to actually get that to what it has, you know, for food source. So I don't know. It's just too much involved in, in getting it ready to be sold at a market, you know? Yeah, but I just love food. And I know, I do too, and that's, that's the hardest part because I'm, try, I'm trying to be like more conscious. Okay, so what's going to have to happen is we're just going to have to let you go on a killing spree at a farm just so you can <laughs> give yourself the, the permission to eat all of these things again. That's true. Okay. But it's really hard because I can't eat cheese or, and drink milk or anything anymore either. So Why? Because For the same reason? Same reason, yeah. Okay. Well, I've, I've been doing a lot of things these for the, the time that we haven't done this. Okay. So. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna have to get you on a killing spree on, <laughs> on a farm. You. We're gonna have you. to do a farm killing spree just so you can eat whatever you want to go eat. Now, that's the that's the deal. Switching gears now. Um, I've never killed a woman, but no, I'm just playing. I'm just gonna let that one hang there. <laughs> um, retro gaming. Have you have you? We've had some time away. We've had some time off. Have you been able to play any classic video games lately? I have. Very limited uh, entertainment. You've been working like crazy. No, for for purpose. For purpose. I've 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 watched a few documentaries about serial killers and stuff like that, but that's basically all I've been doing. That kind of stuff, just hanging out, kind of sorting things out in my head. This is not just our schizophrenic podcast. This is our violent podcast today. That's me for like the past month. I feel very violent. You're you've just you've just had enough. I think that's what it is. You've just had enough in general. I I broke a little. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far, but maybe there might be some cracks somewhere. <laughs> That's okay though. I'm I'm cool with that. Um, retro gaming is is obviously something that's near and dear to my heart, and people know that I love the Intellivision. I've talked about Intellivision on here a few mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Well, coming up on December third, that's actually this Sunday. Yeah. Is Intellivision Day, and it's the day that commemorates. Uh, the the original release of that console uh, back in 1979, 1980. And there's a group of enthusiasts with the Intellivision who celebrate this day. And people just go on who like to play the system and still enjoy it and sign up to play a game at some point during that day. Mm-hmm. Just as kind of a, a celebration of the whole universe of those games. So we can know that the majority of, of games that were released for the system are being played at some point during that day. So I signed up to play one of my favorites, which is lock and chase and lock and chase is probably a favorite, um, at places like Virginia tech and Penn state and Baylor, because the whole point of the game is you run away from cops. So (laughs) you're stealing things and running away from cops. So I'm sure they'd enjoy that game there. 
So I'm signed up to play that. Well, here's what's really fun. Um, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but it wasn't set in stone. It wasn't really set, but it is now. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts is The Intellivisionaries, and it's hosted by Paul Nerman and uh, Rick Reynolds and William Olds, and they have a couple of other contributors as well. And I'm going to be featured on an interview of that podcast here sometime in December or early January. They kind of have to do their episodes piecemeal because none of them live anywhere near each other. Paul's in California. Rick is in, I think, Pittsburgh. Will uh, is in the Northeast somewhere, Massachusetts or one of those states that nobody uses. So they have to piece it together. But I'm going to be featured on an interview on there and talk a little bit about my history with that system and and what it means now and, and my involvement with it. So that'll be kind of fun. And hopefully I'll get to hype our show a little bit and and talk about that. But I don't know. We're getting into that holiday season, and holiday season always makes me think of of things like video games and all the stuff that I was given as a kid. And I miss all that. So I can't ever get away from it. I envy you that you can just kind of retreat into a few documentaries and some intellectual pursuits and, and get away from entertainment. I can't stop playing video games. I'm 35 years old. I can't stop playing them. But you go through phases. Yeah. You know, you'll go, you'll get into it and you'll play it for like a, two months straight and then not pick it up again for three weeks. My kids just burn me out, man. That's all they ever want to do is play freaking video games. Oh, that's true. I'm trying I to fr- cut them out and start making them play board games and stuff like that. Trying to wean them off of them and then go into something that requires a little bit more active I want them to be participation. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, oh, gosh. Yeah, speaking of creativity, who's the moron that thought it would be a good idea for me to write another book? <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, every time I do this... <laughs> Thank you for laughing at me. It's so sympathetic. And you smiled. I had to. Uh, you brought it out. Every time that I do this, I, mean, I write a book and it's like, man, that was hard. That was great. And I'm proud of the result. But, you don't like doing easy things. But it's like right? never again. You don't so, like doing easy things. No, I don't. I, I, I thrive under pressure and I thrive under situations where I'm pushed mm-hmm. and challenged. So I wrote the second one. And the second one was about a nine or ten month venture, uh, and it was very deep and very difficult and involved other languages and all kinds of things. And I got done with it, and I said, okay, well, I've written a fiction, I've written a nonfiction, never again. I'm done. And, of course, now I'm writing another one, and I've got another one after that on the books, another fiction and another nonfiction. Man, this is hard. This is hard. And I'm sitting here writing this stuff, and it's just so difficult. But hopefully, um, I'll have some news about the book, something like, I don't know, a title. <laughs> Maybe. We'll talk about that. It'll come out. Um, It'll work. Hopefully, after the first of the year, when we get to around February or March, I'll at least have a title and some updates on the progress and how things are going. That'll be good. Um, I know some of our listeners are wondering how the fight ended up, because that was uh, November 17th. Um, Dave went in, fought hard, fought a really good opponent in Travis Hanshaw, came up short, lost a decision. Things happened, but Dave fought well. And, you know, when you fight good people, you're not guaranteed to win. And we're not at a place now where we fight bums. So he went in, he fought hard, did well, gave a good account of himself. And hopefully, I think we've made a lot of good relationships with the people at the World Boxing Federation, who, by the way, were absolutely top-notch to work with. Howard Goldberg flew in from South Africa for this fight. And he was he was a pleasure to work with. The Hanshaws, Tom... Uh, 
Tom and T-Bob and Travis and Mindy, all the whole crew have just been fantastic, and they want us to work with them going forward as part of the East Coast Promotions crew, so it'll be an honor to work with them again. They were great. They were first class, and uh, it was an exciting night of fights. It was a lot of fun. It was your typical boxing chaos. I can't go to an event anymore that something weird oh, doesn't gosh. happen. And That was just over-the-top weirdness. This one was weird. Um, there was no bell. Somebody forgot the bell. It's so there was Costello weird. There was no bell at the show. And then two of the judges get in a car wreck on the way there. So they're late to the show. How many rounds are we fighting again? So, yeah, at, at one point we didn't know if we were fighting 10 or 12 rounds for the title. It's because conflicting information was being given. So I had to talk to the commissioner, and the commissioner's just wanting to pull his hair out. Commissioner Todd Neal, absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Gave one of the best pre, pre-fight, pre-event fighter meetings that I've ever seen. He's so entertaining. And Their commission, even though they, they are a little knee-jerk uh, compared to the local West Virginia commission, is uh, apples and oranges. They, uh, yeah. that's, that is probably an understatement. Yeah. I think West Virginia could learn a lot from Kentucky. Yeah. And, you know, that's not a sentence I expected to say uh, out loud very much about any subject. But uh, I've had nothing but great relationships with yeah. the people in the Kentucky Commission. And Todd Neal is now kind of – he's kind of the dude – that does a whole lot of stuff now, and it's a part-time gig for him. But he does a lot of stuff now because Angela Robertson is no longer the commissioner there. And he has just been top-notch. And considering how busy we are going to be as a boxing competition team, professional, semi-pro, and amateur in 2018, it's good to know that we're going to have connections with people like that and and deal with a commission um, in Kentucky that wants to get it right and that is not... They are not a commission, and and I'm not saying this about West Virginia. I'm not saying I'm saying it more about another commission in particular that will not be named. They are not a commission that has a solution that then goes out to seek a problem to solve. <laughs> and Good. that was nice. And, and there are a lot of there are a lot of commissions who 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 tend to do that. Uh, but it'll be it'll be great working with them. Um, the videos, commission is not bigger than the sport. Yes. Videos of the fighter are going to be available, and you can contact us at the at the podcast email address if you want to get a copy of that fight. Huh. There's just been so much going on, and I'm excited about that. We're going to take a break because my voice is getting tired. Because, and I'll explain a little bit of why it's getting it's getting difficult for me to talk so long at a time, at least on a temporary basis. And it involves Thanksgiving too. We'll talk about that in the second half. But we're going to take a break so I can get some water and take a little take a little bit of rest, and then we'll be back for the second half of this episode, wherever it may lead us right after this. What are you doing? I'm playing Rock and Chase, a video game cartridge you have to buy separately to play on the Intellivision video game system. Why are you talking like that? They always do. Then they say your parents have to hook it up to the TV. After that, you can start to pick up gold. Trouble is, the police are coming, so you have to keep both eyes on the game. Oh, brother... Do they say that, too? Funny. Intellivision Master Component from Mattel Electronics. Lock and Chase video game cartridge sold separately.
And we're back for the next segment of Episode 8 of Apex Live. We were having a nice discussion between segments, once again, about how much we hate people. <laughs> and uh, I think I figured out the best way to put this and sum up our standing on this situation. And that is, we like people individually, but not collectively. Yeah, I like individuals, and if you consider yourself a person, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> okay, well, and that's a more aggressive stance on the issue. I'm an individual, damn it. But I like a few. I, there are some people that I like. There are people I like, but collectively, overall, most people... No, I can't stand them. No. And it's not my fault either. Lemmings. It's their fault. Um, one thing we were talking about a little bit is I, I grew up... Just a perfect time, because I grew up when I was little, and I heard nothing but 80s music. Oh, yeah, perfect. And then you transition into an, an, an era in the 90s where you had the grunge rock starting to come out of Seattle, and you had some quintessential alternative stuff and just general rock stuff. Can, can you get better than the Gin Blossoms? I love the Gin Blossoms. An amazing they're, group. They're I can't wait. A friend of mine actually went to go see them a few weeks ago. The lead singer in California. Uh, heroin overdose? No, that was a guitar player that died. But he wrote most of their music. He wrote quite a few of the early yeah. ones. But the lead singer's still there, and, and the the band is still just awesome. Mm-hmm. They they rock so good. Yeah, I love that stuff. But a lot of those so, those sounds are really good, and that's why I played the, the song that I played just now. That it's was a definitely song, the same genre. That's yeah. a song called Cinnamon, and the group is The Stories. It's a, a rock band from the UK. They split up in 2010. I didn't get to find out about them until long after they had split, but I I really like that band because they say that they have a feel of a 70s West Coast kind of a group, and I know they're alluding to the Eagles whenever they say that, because they've got that three and four part harmony, but I think they've got that sound combined with a 90s rock sound that would fit in really well, and I thought that's, that song would be a great lead-in song for this segment. In some aspects, I hear a little bit of Radiohead Pablo Honey in there from that album. That's a good fit. Um, but I have to assume, because I'm a Radiohead fan, that it's much more detailed than that, but I still like that. that har- the harmony, though, in, in that chorus, I yeah. think, is so good. And their album, good. their eponymous album, The Stories, I don't think you can get it in the United States anymore. Huh. It's not on iTunes. You have to order a used copy on CD. That's what you I did. You can find it on YouTube, I'm sure. But it, there's not much of it on YouTube. Really? It's amazing. Hmm. But that is such a great group. It's called The Stories. That song was Cinnamon. If you want to check out some more of their work, please do so because it's great. But we were talking a little bit about radio, too, and how you know, we grew up in that perfect time because we're, we're the same age. And yeah. we got to hear the 80s stuff, but then whenever we get into the 90s and all those different bands are coming out, that was really the last great era of radio because if you wanted to... If you wanted a mixtape, it had to be an actual mixtape. So you had to put the cassette into the recorder and and wait for your favorite song to play and record it. This is pre-Napster, and and if not, it was in its early stages. Not everybody had a CD burner and everything. You actually had to go out and, this is shocking, you actually had to go out and buy music at a store. You actually had to buy the CD and not steal it. So that was such a fun time, and I remember growing up here, and this is a national show. It wasn't obviously it wasn't Beckley, West Virginia that was producing because that's where we're recording now. Um, but it was a show that was nationally syndicated, and it was called John Garabedian's Open House Party. And the whole concept of that show was: it's the weekend, it's Friday night, Saturday night. Obviously, there's house parties going on everywhere, so everyone can just turn the radio on and listen to the open house party. It was all request. 
it was a new show every week, so people could call in from their house parties and request the songs they wanted to hear played, and it was it was always the same stuff. And occasionally people would call in with something bizarre. Like, it's 1997, 1998, and there's some girl that calls in that's 19 and says, I want to hear Video Killed the Radio Star by the yeah. Buggles. How do you even know what that is? How dare you request that? But it was usually the same songs you would expect to hear at a house party, so it was the dance and the techno stuff. Yeah. So I only hear, whenever I hear certain songs, all I hear is open house party, because I, I associate those two together. And it's it's the same songs that you would expect from that era. And it was, oh my gosh, some of this stuff, let me see if I can pull one up. Black Hole Sun was one <coughs> I got on there one time. Really? You did that? Yeah. Black Hole Sun uh, by the... By Soundgarden? That is not a party song, Steve. It is at my parties, damn it, when I'm 14 years well, old. Well, that's a good point. That it, it, Every party is different. You that's decide what you want your party to be. best music videos ever created, and it's, I don't think anybody that's really... A, that's a creepy one. I know, but it's so good, though. Well, here's, here's, Black here's Hole one. Sun. Everybody knows this song because of the movie, but I kept hearing this on Open House Party, and you'll know it immediately. What is love? <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Night the Roxbury. It's a good... I don't care. I like this song. It's and awesome. no matter what happens, as soon as it starts hitting that beat, yes, you've got to start doing the head tilt. And it makes my neck hurt, but I'm still doing it. And so Doug, are you. Doug and Steve Butabi. See, you have to start doing it. You can't help it. I'm so glad this is an audio I podcast. I again. So glad this is audio and not video. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go and watch that movie. I'm not, I'm watching when I get home. I don't know if anything's going to drive me to do that. But that's one song. Now, I here, love that. Here's the other one that I associate. I don't know why people would request this for a house party or why they would request it on a national show. Because up until about a week ago, I had no, I still couldn't figure out what this song was about because it's the weirdest, creepiest song of the 90s. Uh, and I was like, what does this song mean? Let's it's ridiculous. It. And it's almost haunting in the way it's constructed because the sound is off and the way it's filtered is off. And you'll know it as soon as you hear the first oh, yeah. two seconds of it. But wow. I actually, I went to the website of one the guy second. who produced it. He's a one-hit wonder. And it's a... It, That's the, a good thing. It's produced under a group name, but it's just one dude. And I think Hathaway he's, or I think like he's Asian. No, not, not What Is Love. That was Hathaway. Yeah, he has a couple other ones, too. This song was produced by this by this guy with this name and I think he's Asian and you go to his website and he actually gives you an explanation of why he wrote that song and what it means and now that I listen to it it's like okay now I kind of get it <laughs> but uh see if you can ID it ah shit that's like uh what white town be your lover or whatever white town and the song is your woman I could never be your woman and you it's listen so to that weird. and you think that is creepy and weird I think it's like transvestite or something like that or he's like uh he loves a guy, but he can't be a woman because he's not going to change himself. For him that, that's like that. one of his explanations. Yeah. The one that, that he really talks about is... Because he doesn't sound so straight. No. The one that he talks about is... It's like putting on the Ritz. It's... <laughs> Glad you said Ritz. Um, <laughs> Put. He gives you... Go ahead. He gives you that... Uh, he gives the explanation of a guy that has fallen in love with a woman that he realizes is a lesbian. <laughs> I think he's lying about that. He has like four of them, but it's on his website. If you care that much, everybody, you can go to his website. Just search for White Town. I think he fell in love with a guy, and the guy didn't like any guys. He liked girls, and he's like, man, I wish I could be your woman. 
You know that. You know that's probably really what it that's is. That's probably really what it is. You are absolutely correct. But um, I want to be your woman. I never, I never understood why everyone kept requesting that song. It's it so never, horrible. It never made any sense. Why would? Why was anybody ever at a party and they're listening to all these dance songs? Like you know, you've got, you've got this playing. I'm telling you, it's like Ace of Base ripped off. It's horrible. <laughs> That's Coco Jambu by Mr. President next on the Open House Party. You got laid while listening to that song. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. I mean, that's that that is a horrible song. But I can understand why people are at a, like a house party and they're drinking. And there's there's men and women and they're dancing and that's playing. I can get why you would request that. Why would anyone request your woman? That doesn't make any if sense. If you saw a girl dancing to that and like you, that was your only chance. That's acceptable. Um, but other than that, yeah. You, oh, I can you give you something. That, I can give you a song that's even more. That was also on the soundtrack tonight, The Roxbury. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'll give you another song. This is another open house party song that as soon as I hear the first... This might be my favorite episode now. If I hear the first 10 seconds of this, I'll automatically think open house party. But it's every bit as audibly um, aggressive from that time period as anything else. I doubt you'll... Well, you may recognize it. Of course I will. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's when when the synthesizer hits that you know it. Here it comes. Oh... Of course I know. This is also a night at the Roxbury. See, now I am going to have to go watch this stupid Another night. See, now you've got to start doing the white guy, the white person seat dancing where you're moving. Parachute pants. Parachute pants, baby. Right here. This is like, this is straight out of 96. Cabaricis. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, it's awful, but I was, no, for no, some no, reason, no. it's like, fucking. <laughs> it's got to be the guy from Ramstein before he joined Ramstein. I think oh my gosh, do I have that? It might be. Oh man, I may, I may have Ramstein. <laughs> do I have Duhast? It's got to be the same guy. Me. I'm going to have to research It may that. be the same guy. That's a great point. I just, um, I, for some reason I was thinking about open house party and I, I'm, I'm so into retro things and, and thinking about things. Well, back in the good old days. Hey, you know what? There was something about that because... That was um, such a great time for creativity and for music and for film and for books. How much hate books. can you feel with that music? How much hate did you do you remember from that period of time of your life? Do you How much you remember feeling that? It was good music. It was fun music. It wasn't necessarily good, but it was fun. It was meaningful. There was yeah. meaningful music yeah. then. When you listen, listen to the heart of some of those songs by yeah. the Gin Blossoms... Yeah. Um, Third Eye Blonde was a little bit more off the wall, but... Because he's an idiot only, but... But yeah. uh, Three Doors Down, I think, produced some great stuff in that late 90s, early 2000s yeah. period. Yeah. There were so many great bands from then, and R.E.M. was still producing great stuff I like then. R.E.M. U2 still. was still producing good stuff then. Yeah. Um, I've always liked U2. But jo- now, Joshua Tree, one of my favorite albums of all time of any band. So good. good there shit. was just so much... There was so much... There's so much garbage produced now. You can't you can't even wade through it. And that remind that uh, you know that's another reminder. That's something we didn't really talk about very much is when Tom Petty died. And you want to oh, talk about shit. losing a yeah. such a great I thought he was dead like 20 years ago and they just like used him for a puppet, but that's just me. He he did kind of look a little dead. He died. But he was such Weekend a Weekend at Bernie's. Every time he heard his own song, he was kind of 
<laughs> That's Weekend at Bernie's 2. Whenever yeah, he hears weekend, the music and, and pops right up. Weekend at Petty's. But he was <laughs> such a great artist. And you listen to so many of those great songs. And then you try to... I can't even... I can't even turn on a radio anymore. I don't think he even tried to get laid with his fame. He was like, yeah, you know what? Nobody wants to... Do you realize that he kept his same band his entire career? The Heartbreakers. The Heartbreakers yeah. never broke up. But he... Weren't they part of the Traveling Wilburys as well? He, was, he was a part. With Orbison in it was It was Jeff Lynn from ELO, mm-hmm. Roy Orbison. Just from Roy Orbison. Bob Dylan and Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. That was the that's Traveling Wilburys. That's good stuff. What a great super group. And you listen to End of the Line, and End of the Line it's was such a line. great song. And that those that's that good. double CD that they produced was amazing. Orbison, and then Orbison died, died not too. Yeah, too Orbison died right before they made the music video for End of the Line. I think he knew it was End of the Line. You yeah. think so? Yeah. He was well, like, I have, a, I have a song I wrote. Well, you know what? He didn't see it coming. No, he didn't. <laughs> He did not see it coming. For those of you who don't know, Roy Orbison was blind, <laughs> yeah. so that's why he didn't see it coming. Yeah. We're just full of blind jokes. There's stuff about Stevie Wonder. We were making fun of Stephen Hawking in the last episode. Oh, we know no one. Your name's Stephen. We're gonna make fun of you. We're just we're just looking to make jokes. It, I don't Steven. care. But that's one thing about this show. You're gonna hear either good music or fun music or hopefully both. So we do have we have good selections. I want to play something else. What do I want to play. I don't know. You got any requests? Random. Let's do it. Okay, here's something from uh, here's something from your top five '90s list. Okay, and it was on Ashley, our Georgia correspondent's okay. top five list. Was it on and yours? And it was on my top okay. five list. And it's a it's such a great one hit wonder because the 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 '90s list the top five list was '90s one hit wonders. Tom's Diner next, if you don't mind. I don't have Tom's Diner. Oh, you suck! I listened I, to that just the other day. That is a good song. You ready? Okay, I remember this They weren't that bad, what happened to them? One song, one song and out There was no other band like this though They kind of had their own little thing at the time Marcy Playground, it was such a, a subdued yeah. sound It's kind of like uh, Beatnik, uh, I don't know, something Who knows, like grunge Yes, yeah, so it's just a bunch of different elements with that. A little bit of soul in it. Yeah. A little bit of a soul R&B feel to it, but it still had the, the 90s guitar sound. We have the blues guitar piece in there, too, as well. This really is. Counting Crows, I really liked them, too, back in the day. This is such a schizophrenic show. My goodness. Uh, it's my life. It's yours. We're schizophrenics, I think. Well, there's the episode title. We're schizophrenics, I think. I think. Good luck searching that. Let's go 80s. Let's go 80s. Oh, that's good shit. The Tupac remix of that's actually not bad. Tupac has a remix of The Way It Is? Yes. It's actually good. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. What like, world do I live in? He's de- Is he dead, by the way? Yes or no? Do you think he's really dead? <laughs> I he hope keep, so. Keeps coming out with more CDs. So. Yeah, they also have him in Vegas in concert with, like, 3D imaging. It's horrible shit. Gosh. And you know what? That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. <laughs> this is good shit. We talked gin blossoms. Let's go gin blossoms. It's good stuff, man. We have no regard for the for the rights to music because we're not using the whole song and we're talking over top of it. Just and we're just we're making people fans of new music they've never heard. So it's the gin blossoms until I hear it from you. <laughs> Good stuff. See what that is? That's the DJ thing where you don't talk over top of the song. 
You just get that little bit of a lead in. Hey, what's your favorite hit music station? <laughs> I am not trying to get a career as a DJ because that's fledgling as it is. It wouldn't be bad, though. Oh, gosh. Do I have anything else on here that would be considered completely nuts? Oh, man. This is what I do. I, I sit around and I work on the Apex Live soundtrack. That's There's a little sure Tom Petty. Last Dance with Mary Jane. Actually, that's that should be my song from now on. I don't dance with Mary Jane anymore. <laughs> I've never danced with Mary Jane, not once in my life. Yeah, we used to do all kinds of shit together. I'm such a, I'm such a, what's the word? Straight edge? Is that it? That's a good thing. I'm straight edge. Yeah. I just try to escape myself, and it doesn't work. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna play one more. I'm gonna play one more. All right. And let's see if Kim you... Kim Basinger is in that video? I don't know. Maybe. I can't remember. I'm blonde. But I'm going to play this, and I'm going to see if you can identify the source, and then we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. But uh, let's... I just... I want you to see if you can... If you can ID the source of this. Because every one of us that are our age, and, and in fact, a lot of people that are older than us and younger than us, hear this song, and they think of literally... The wrong thing. Literally. <laughs> one thing. And if you think of it, five points for you, sir. Five. I don't know what to do with that. Well, first of all, we have to establish this arbitrary point system and what you can redeem them for and how you get ranked. So just in general, yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah. Let's go. I love Fast Times at Ridgemont High, dude. <laughs> shit's great. Dang. This is a badass song, dude. A little bit of Phoebe Cates yeah. oh, coming out of the pool in Fast yeah. Times at Ridgemont High. Fucking whacking off in the bathroom, baby. <laughs> Does anybody knock? Lights are seen. Cars. I love the cars. Actually, I did uh, um, Who's Gonna Drive You Home Tonight. I actually covered that song. I do it pretty decent at it. One of, Jonathan Orr sang lead on that. One of the greatest songs of the 1980s oh, is yeah. is, Home. is Drive, Drive by the Cars. It's so good. Actually, I think I recorded it. I played for you. It's not bad. You know what? Bring that next time. We'll feature it. I Such can get my song. voice at that range. Yeah. That's that's a pretty even range. If you can start in the center yeah. of that, it's not bad. It's pretty good. And it's not a hard guitar piece to play at all. Three chords. No, but I love that song. So as we said, we are we are in the wake of Thanksgiving because we're recording literally the week after. So we've just done the whole Thanksgiving holiday scene with friends and family and food and all that bunch of stuff. Steve, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I don't remember. My dad came in. He hung out with <coughs> my uncle, and he hasn't been part of the family for 32 years. So really? other than that, um, everybody conversated, and um, he said he felt... Okay, but, that, but that's good. He did, but he they did kind of reunite and get together yeah, for the first said, time in decades. He said he felt comfortable and welcome, and I felt good about that. That is tremendous because he never seemed comfortable. And welcome. I didn't know anything ever, about that. Ever that. feels he, you can see it. He's like um, the principal from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> all the time. So, is, so this is your uncle that you're talking about, and your, dad. and your dad. But they knew each other from high school. Okay, my dad, father met my mother in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had that little thing going on there and, you know, whatever. But, but they've not had a, a relationship for no. three decades. Like, they, uh, my dad always, well, every once in a while, I ask my mom out on a date. And then this is the last time, uh, which actually would have been during Thanksgiving, um, 
they were actually trying to rest, reconcile at one point, and I was totally against that because I, <laughs> I liked my life of freedom, and I was like, fuck you guys. So I don't want you to be together. <laughs> I hate both of you anyway. But um, I love the open honesty. She said that uh, I love him now in a weird way. You know, it's always yeah, different. It's always weird. I will say that. It's it is, always it's weird. weird. But um, I think my <coughs> mother, which she has the biggest mouth I've ever known, um, yeah. She tells everything. You don't even have to go to Maury. You know what I mean? If you, she's she's there. She she you'll know her if you tell her not to tell somebody something. Everybody will know your business. Right. Don't tell her anything you don't want to know. We all know some people like that. But my uh, they're broadcasters, but they're but they don't have a medium on which to broadcast. No. It's just their life. But uh, I, my mom said something like that to my seven year old son, Caden, and he uh, he said something like to my dad. He's like, my nana said you asked her out on a date. <laughs> And you know how how's that gonna make you feel? You know. I mean? Well, I know your kids, and your kids ha- are like you. They have no filter. If they think it, they say it. My seven year old is, quite frankly, lack of a better term, he's an asshole. Um, <laughs> and I don't care who hears that. And if you don't like it, you can suck my dick. Um, if you don't like it. But uh, yeah, he he really is. So, and I like that about him. But then again, I don't. When he won't stop. Well, I thought it was funny whenever your kids, whenever, I think it was him. He calls my dad Fat Jimmy all the time. <laughs> he calls him Fat Jimmy. It's horrible. <laughs> that is fantastic. As an outside observer, it's fantastic. And I From call, your point of view, it's awful. Well, I call, I'm like, it's okay, but he won't stop trash talking. He called him a jizz tooth. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? What jizz? does that even mean? It gets jizz in your mouth or something. I don't know, but... <laughs> It's I just, am not calling this episode Jizz Tooth. Yeah, Jizz Tooth. I am not. <laughs> jizz Tooth. <coughs> it's, it's, it's pretty funny. He, he let him call him Fat Jimmy. It's, it's okay, but... There is no segue from this. I hope you know that. Yeah. It gets, it's, it's hard for me to hear that after a while. It makes I understand. get annoyed with it, but it's, it's still funny, though, too, after a while. The know? funniest thing about, about your Jimmy. kids is, I think it was Caden that did it, was uh, really, really impressed with with Dave Green's daughters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he don't care. He was real impressed. He asked me if there was going to be chicks there, and he's seven <laughs> years old going to watch a fight. And Dave immediately looked at him and, no. And when Dave Green, with full beard, gives you that glare and says no, the answer is no. I don't care if you are seven years old. The answer is no. Yeah, that's <laughs> You true. stay away from the Green girls. That's true. And he would have reacted the same way if Caden had been looking at Nikki. That's true. <laughs> That's, and you know, I understand that. I love the Green family. I love them all. They're, they're just fantastic. We oh, got, yeah. We've got to get them on here. We've got to get them involved Dave in this is, podcast. He is definitely um, he's into what he's doing now, and that Dave totally immerses himself in what he does. We've got to get him involved in um, this podcast. I love that dude to death. I mean, but it's, I mean, you know, after he had the issue with his vision and stuff like that. That sucks. And I know it really. You know, coming back here and there, you know, sparring a little bit, see if he still has it, which he always does. One of my most heartbreaking moments in it that I've ever had as a coach was that whole ordeal, which was on, which was a fluke. Potential. It was a fluke, so and realizing, potential. I mean, he would have been, he'd be in Vegas right now. Yeah, he had that, he has so that much ability, so much potential, and that that nothing pisses me off. I'm not scared like of him though. I'll kick his ass. I don't care. <laughs> He's always trying to knock me out. And he'll tell you, and I've always I've tried to knock him out a couple times too. Dave, he said that on me. Yeah, he, but he has. If you ever ask Dave, he's like, 
He told me this a couple of times. I was like, you can try to hit me hard. He's like, dude, if I can knock you out, I would. He means that. <laughs> he absolutely means he that. He's a freak. He's, he's, he's a beast. He's a freak, and he can do anything he wants to do. Anything. I think he... I'll be a rocket scientist, and next year he's working for NASA, and the year after that he's probably on the moon. If he decided to be a rocket scientist, within a year NASA would be working for him. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's terrifying. He would have, yeah. like, diamond... Uh, rocket science his mind power is diamond aeronautics would be there and it would just be this giant rocket with a beard flying into space it's like he's taken a a, i don't know just to see pictures of what he used to look like or this that just to see the change in it that's weird isn't it yeah you don't see that it's opposite you see a picture of him 10 years ago and see him now it's the weirdest nicky's the same way it's like it makes no sense freaking you it was it was like 2000s and they looked like they were in like 1987 <laughs> <laughs> i was like it's like stranger things on netflix yeah it's like dude they didn't but you have a you had a skullet in 2003 it looked like you took the picture back in 85 Dave, Nikki, we love you. They're get time on, travelers, I'm on, telling you. Get on the show. You time got, travelers. You got to get on the show. We've got extra mics, okay? Get on the show. We you need really you. need to get on the show. But how did we get to that from Thanksgiving? Because we um, love Dave, and we just can't forget about him. But, well, of course. Okay, now, just in general, um, we're past Thanksgiving, and, and that's always an interesting time for anyone with a family and anybody that gets into these sorts of things. I still hate commercialized I do um, holidays. They're pissing me the fuck off. Excuse me, and I know what... I don't use. I cuss all the time. We know this, but that's another pet peeve of mine. We need to have be thankful every day, um, and not monetize everything that we have in this country because that props our economy. It's annoying. Well, that's kind of where I'm headed here. Is we have we've ruined everything. We've ruined Thanksgiving. We've ruined Christmas. We've ruined everyday society. In its place, we've decided to create these fake holidays. How is? Do you realize the term holiday means holy day? Yeah. How is Valentine? Somebody told me Valentine's Day was their favorite holiday. What's holy about Valentine's Day? It was made up by Hallmark. You idiot. Fucking hate Valentine's Morons. Day. Morons. It's a joke. I take my girlfriend. I'm going to take her nowhere this time. <laughs> McDonald's, and you're not even going to let her large size her value meal because you've had, that's your protest. She's not even getting a large size value meal. I might not even let her get fries. Steph, I'll let you. I'll let you have size because I'm nice. No, don't have size and <laughs> shit. Um, I don't even care. I don't even want her to. I don't. Ugh, I want to throw up on Valentine's Day. I do too. I, I think, hope I, I get a stomach virus on Valentine's I Day. I can't awful. go nowhere. I think it's awful. I hate. I hate stuff like that. Shit in a but, box. But where <laughs> that poor box? Just in general, though, when we look at Thanksgiving, despite what it's become, we need to remember what it is and yeah. what it's supposed to be. And just what we are thankful for. And we should be thankful every day. But just in general, Steve, what are you thankful for? What matters to you? What are you thankful for every day that just you kind of highlighted on the time of Thanksgiving? I didn't really even highlight anything I'm thinking. I, I was, at the time, the feeling that I had of my dad being comfortable mm-hmm. in a situation that a lot of people feel uncomfortable, I was definitely thankful for that. That was to, reconciliation. Yeah, to see that. Yeah, that that was what, at that time, I was thankful for. Um, on a normal everyday basis, um, the fact that I get to hopefully make somebody else's—I hate to even think this. Yeah, I'm not going to say that because it doesn't. It, it, I'm lying. To see my kids every day, I'm thankful for that. That's huge. Yep, that's it. That's huge. Yep. You know, I. Um, what about you? It's it's amazing how we can find ourselves thankful for things that other people would look at and go, "Why would you be thankful for that?" And then at the same time, you would get through that list and somebody would say, well, why wasn't this and this and this and this and this on the list? Um, it's a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's 
full of motivations and understandings and reasons that people are not going to be able to understand no matter how much you try to explain it. And one of them that comes to mind for me is obviously everybody goes the same direction and it's family and it's jobs and opportunities and and needs being met. And and those are obviously true Mm -hmm. for me. um, Of course you love your family, but family is a meaning for me that I think you only start to learn it as you get deeper into life. And that is family is what you make it. Just because you share blood relation with me does not mean that you're as big of a part of my family as someone who I share no genetic relation to. That's for sure. Um, yep. It is only it's only when you go to a family gathering that you fully understand it, and you have to act like it's a big deal to see some people. And I'm and this is a general statement, so the people who listen to this don't get all pissed off. Calm down. If you do, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the title of the episode. Um, it'll at least be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, it's the people who you have to act like it's it's so great to see you, and, and I'm going to catch up with you after 11 months of silence in an hour and a half while you're still talking to everybody yeah. else. Okay, you could obviously pick up a phone. You could send me an email. I am not hard to find. But I could you could do the same. Exactly. Uh-huh. And what you what gets revealed is priority. Mm-hmm. The people who are closest to me are the people who are not just there on a daily, weekly basis. It's the people who seek to be there because there is a shared motivation. There is a shared importance. Family, like I said, is what you make it. I am thankful for those who I consider to be my family and to be the closest part of my family. Steve, you're a part of that to me. Um, And you are a part of my family as well. It's amazing how small that group is whenever you sit and think about it. Actual family, like in that that regard, because I have... Brothers that live, I have a brother that lives less than a half a mile from me. Mm-hmm. The only time I see him is when I, when I take the time to go do that. Doesn't call, doesn't text or anything. That's like telling, that. and that's a telling. And that statement. sucks. I've always, I've always been a pretty good brother. I've always taken care of him. Um, anything they need. Mm-hmm. My youngest brother, you know, he sometimes he'll text me in the, in the morning every once in a while and, I, and I tell me have a good day and this and that. You know, there but, are people right now <coughs> who, if I died tomorrow would not know it for months. Mm-hmm. And some of those people, if it wasn't for my mom calling or my dad calling or they whatever, they would have no clue. Yeah. They would literally not know. There are other people in my life that if they don't hear from me for two or three days, they would be at my, they would be at my front door, pounding on the door, or pounding on the window of my office in the basement because I couldn't hear the front door. Yeah. They would be calling, they'd be texting, they'd be emailing, they'd be doing all sorts of things. Um, and I'm there are people that I'm like that with. If I don't hear from them, even if nothing's going on, I'm calling to check in. How's everything going? Is there anything I can do for you? Um, and it's not a codependent thing. It's just that's what emotion is. That's what attachment is. That's what those relationships are about. And that has become so so rare. So of course I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for I am thankful for my Lord. I am thankful for what God does for me. Um, I am an amazing amazing screw up. Yeah. It is what I do best. Um, nobody on earth makes God face palm more than me. Um, I make the almighty look down from his throne on a daily basis and go, don't do that. No, 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 no. Oh, all the time. I do nothing but break his rules and break his laws and I disappoint him and I fail. Um, but I keep trying and I keep trying harder. It's a clown car, is, man. I'll, I'll ride in there with you. <laughs> absolutely. He, uh, <laughs> are you calling shotgun? Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he's, he is faithful and he is just, and he forgives when we confess, 
and he loves me unconditionally, and it's actually got a lump in my throat right now, because it makes you think about that. Um, because I'm so unworthy. I'm so unworthy of, of what he does, and the fact that, that God sent his son to die for me is, it's unthinkable. It is absolutely unthinkable when you realize what that is and what that means. It is amazing to me that people can look around at our at our earth and our world and our creation at the intricacy of our body and of the things that are around us and Be think that idiot. this is random chance. This is random chance. There is no way this is random. And That's usually so weird. 95% of the people, I'm not slamming anybody personally. I don't, I don't want anybody to think that I'm being insulting. But I do think it is a little unreasonable to think that all of this happened for nothing. You've got to be an idiot to think that. You know, I mean, to think all this is for nothing. It's unreasonable to think that it's that it's, it's all happened for nothing, or it's it's by random chance, and that it's meaningless. And for most people, and I know a lot of very smart people who don't believe in anything. Okay, <laughs> I know a lot of smart people who believe in nothing. They're not ha- smart. However, books. but I will say this. In, and I'm not going to say this is true in every case, but in 90% of the cases, if you ask them to be honest about it, the reason why they came down to that realization is because they didn't want to have to be accountable to somebody else. Of course. They didn't want to have to pay. To, they want to be able to do whatever they want to do. Yes. Which that's what, that's, that, I mean, that's so, it is kind of freeing in, in that aspect. It's definitely freeing. Yeah, but the end game's bad. The end game you're, is bad. You're, you're, you're thinks, banking eternity on that. Who thinks about the end game anymore? I do. <laughs> but I mean, really, in a vast majority, a, a, a of, very small minority, yeah. a very small minority. There are a lot of Christians who don't think about the end game. No, I don't think about the end game usually. But you do. You understand the concept. There is and that it concept, is, but yeah. it's there. It is there for you. It may not be all the time. But I'm not. It's there af- for you. I'm not afraid of a lot of things. You know what I mean? Because I understand. Right. You know, there's there's no fear there. But yeah, fear's crippling. It is stupid. You know what I mean. Yeah, don't let don't let love don't let God's love for us be f- fear for you. Don't fear that you can't. You know, achieve the the love because it's already there. You just have to accept it. You know. So. Well, that's something I'm thankful for, and I, I am so thankful for that. And I, and I think we I need to remember that more every day. We all should, but I need to be so much more aware of that a every real, day. A real realization instead of just being like aware for a second, but just feeling that all through. I need the to day. I need to meditate on that in a deep way. Would be nice just to just to be able to do that without thinking about it. How how nice would that be? That's a freedom that I will never experience a day in my life because I can't get out of my own head. That sucks. Um. So I'm thankful for that. And I'll tell you something else I'm thankful for. And I could, you could, if you really got down to what you're thankful for and really thought about it, this list could go on for an hour. For sure. But one thing that I'm extremely thankful for, and I'm not trying to be trite, is I'm thankful for this, for the ability to do this show, to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. This is a creative outlet. This is a place where we can come and speak freely. There's no FCC. There's no concerns. There's no censors. There's no anything. We can just come in here and do what we want and be creative. We can laugh. We can think. We can create situations that allow us to, I think, assess thing on, on things on different levels that we wouldn't do so otherwise. Um, we can entertain. We can give people something to listen to that they'll enjoy, maybe make them think. At the very least, it'll make them laugh. It'll make them scratch their heads. It'll do all kinds of things. I'm thankful for that opportunity because I'll tell you, there wasn't really an opportunity to do this pre-internet, obviously. And even for the last few years, you couldn't. Now it's readily available we just choose to do this on a level that's broadcast quality and, and have the whole big setup <laughs> to do it. But I'll tell you this. My, my voice is starting to go in. There we go. I love that mute button. Um, I'm fortunate because I know I couldn't do this show by myself. 
I'm a talker and I know I'm a talker and I kind of run as a moderator on some things. Um, and I've done radio stuff in the past quite a bit and no, I'm not going to play the tapes, even though I've been digitizing them recently. I might play some later, but not now. Um, I couldn't do this without a co-host and I also couldn't do this with most people who would be open to co-hosting. Um, it takes a very specific, um, chemistry to do this and to do it consistently. And I'm thankful that we were able to do this because we talked about doing it for a while and it was like, Oh yeah, you know what? Why are we talking about this? Let's just do this. I think we can, we can produce something fun. Uh, and I'm glad that we've been able to do this because like I said, we haven't done this since the middle of October and it's, we've had that itch. It's like, we got to get back. Behind I, there that might be this, why I feel like this. a murderous rage every once in a while. It might be. So, so really this, this, this show, this podcast is even more of a public service than you thought. <sighs> it probably is. Wow. Well, we've got to, we got to keep Steve between the guardrails. So we've got to do more shows. And if you're listening, we, well, we're going to do shows whether you're listening or not, but we hope you're listening because we're going to keep it cooking. And Is it okay to flip everybody off that doesn't use their turn signal? Yes. I do it every time. Is it okay to flip off everybody that has a VT logo on their car? Fuck yeah, it is. See? <laughs> See it? I'm doing that. <laughs> I don't even think about that. If you got that around me. Check out the... Uh, you're not babysitting my kids. Start checking out the uh, the Apex Live Twitter page. It's at Apex Live Podcast. I've created a character called Inappropriate Hokey, and I take in Photoshop and I place Inappropriate Hokey in different situations and different places, and I'll start posting some of those because we, we just really need to shame those people because those people are barely human, and I hate Hokies. Oh, they're just a different breed of weirdness. Yes, I know. They're all weird. Yeah, it's because it's a family tree with no stick, guy that I no beat branches. In, uh, I beat him in uh, the Tough Man in Lewisburg. He went to Virginia Tech. I didn't know yeah, that. And I feel good knowing that. Is it the guy that you beat in the championship? Yes. And he had T-shirts yes. made with his face on it. And I told him if I beat him in the championship, he had to give me one, and I wore it. And after I beat his ass, I wore his shirt. <laughs> I didn't really do great. I ended up just having to be an idiot and do it. But I did catch him with a nice little weird left hook <laughs> and made him fall, and his arm bent back, and he tried to say he tripped. I was like, uh, your arm? bent back you didn't trip but uh, i didn't know that this is oh, destiny yeah. he love he love he loves vt anti-hokies oh i hate oh him. yeah i actually got to defeat one this he's actually a... not really that bad of a guy like i like him personally yeah. like at the time i didn't because he was too brash for me um he was just running his mouth virginia he... tech fandom is a character flaw and Let's i beat him and I, I come back and he beat me the first fight that i fought him and i really don't think he won um i shelled up and hit him with clean shots i actually boxed him yeah and um, and I didn't really even hit him that hard. I just tried to point him because I don't like showing anything on my first sure. fight. But um, I came at him a little differently in the, in the second one. So, That's cool. Yeah. But he's an asshole at the time. But he's not a bad guy, no. That's he's debatable. Not guy. He's still a Virginia Tech fan. And that's unacceptable. Actually, I think he goes. He kind of like goes to WVU games and everything. He's kind of like one of those guys. Well, that's good. You know, which is okay. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Did you say WVU? Yeah. Okay. That's right. Little Hell West. Yeah. Oh, keep going by all means. We can just Although I've away. actually really liked uh, when I was younger when they actually beat Oklahoma, Boise State. Beat up. We know we beat Oklahoma. I like. Oh, no, but Boise State beat them too. Oh, that was one of the greatest college football games I've ever seen. Oh man, Frank. I can't remember their name. The quarterback's name, like uh, Bruno. Who, Bo- Boise State. Frank Bruno. No, I'm just playing. Boise State's quarterback was Jared Zabransky. At the time. Yes. That was Boise's quarterback. Didn't they have one named Bruno at the time, too? Around Not that, that I know of. Bruno something. Bruno Franco? San Martino? 
I don't know. Bruno something. It was Bruno something. But uh, <laughs> I love the blue field. Yeah, it's that's such an asshole field. It's iconic and it's weird. And I like when they have the blue field and then they wear the all blue uniforms and try to blend in with the field. That's pretty funny. No other team besides them and was it Western Michigan? Uh, they have a red field. Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington has that field. And here's Michigan, there's a Michigan team that is too. I'm glad though. you brought that up because Eastern Washington had a thing. This was a couple years ago. I think it's on YouTube if you can find it. Mm-hmm. They have the red field, and they were wearing the solid red uniforms. Mm-hmm. They had a guy laid down on the field and try to blend in as a trick play, and then just at the snap just got up and took off, and they threw the ball to him. That's horrible. That's uh, that's pretty creative. I like creativity. But now that they, they can't actually have any teams that match their field anymore. Those are the only, If they had it right. before, then it's like, you know, it's grandfathered in, but you can't right. create that anymore. That so. sucks. That's yeah. unfair. That's too, yeah. A blue field is unfair. A uh, blue field is unfair. I uh, shouldn't the blue field have been in Kentucky? Kentucky with bluegrass. Blue that that would have made more sense. But Kentucky's Kentucky, so here's the other question I have: Why is it that when I go to a West Virginia Power baseball game, they sell Gatorade and not Powerade? <laughs> That's stupid, isn't it? Isn't that dumb? I mean, it's the West Virginia Power. Shouldn't you sell Powerade? Nobody, nobody ever thinks of things like this. This is what happens when you're an marketing insom- man. When you're an insomniac that has anxiety and your mind races all the time, you just lay in bed and think about the dumbest things. Four fifty nine in the morning, you're like oh, almost asleep. Oh, I really like power games. Why the f- power Powerade? Why don't they say pa- sell Powerade? Why are they selling Gatorade? This doesn't make any sense. I'm, plus, I'm writing this down on a pad right now. Plus, Gatorade was for was made in Florida for the Florida Gators, yeah. and I hate the Florida Gators. So yeah, we don't like the Gators. None of this makes any sense. This show had no set topic. This show Death had penalty. no. We have to get to it. This show had no f- no purpose whatsoever. Hit a little bit on the death penalty. We'll talk death penalty with T Bear. T Bear will get into that with you too because he he's a very smart guy. But give me some thoughts on the death penalty. Okay, and, and I'll and I've, I'll give you a couple of them. I've been watching a few things on uh, on um, you know, some of the new new ways of you know how they they do with uh, death or whatever. It's like uh, the lethal injection where you're frozen but you're still breathing, and they they were calling it. Inhumane and this it and basically that. causes a massive stroke. Yeah, pretty much. But you know, and, and this is the thing: they're like, um, it should be quick and easy, and this and that, blah blah. blah. We don't want them to feel pain. And then I'm, there's a reason why they're on the death penalty. They've caused horrible deaths in family. To me, I don't care how you no. die. Literally, you should be put in a room and torn apart. Well, this is one of this, this is justice these are the is not supposed to have any kind of feeling. You're on death row for a reason. Who makes this up? You did something so egregious that they didn't even want to give you life yeah. in prison. They want to kill you. Twelve people agreed that you should die. Yes. And they took you out. I'm sorry that you're breathing like a fish out of water for an hour and a half. I don't care. These are people. Th- this is going to be a fun topic when we go deep into this. And yeah. we, well, I tell you, who, I know who we'll bring on as a guest to talk about this topic. I think we need to bring Eric Slocum back. Uh, okay. But um, I agree with you because you, you will have these people who go out – they go kill a family of four. Yeah, admittedly, and, and you are, and are proud of it. Yeah, and I'm supposed to feel bad, or a serial killer that takes out 23 people, and I'm supposed to feel bad because it was inhumane that you die. No, actually, I think that you should die the way that you killed. You should have died right there. The family actually should should enact that on you. Oh, shoot them and put them put a knife in their hand. I don't care. Can, but can they have a little bit of solace in their life when you yes. take their loved one? You know what I mean? Can can they not destroy your life as you have done to them? It is. It's terrifying to me how much we protect the victims. We are animals at heart, and do so willingly. In a lot of ways, it's you know? terrifying. 
and that's what I would. I think you should die the way that you killed. That's fine with me. If you if you go out and you're a fifth offense drunk driver and you hit somebody head on, they ought to strap you in a car and let somebody else. Not even somebody else. You know those uh, those how they do the test dummies, the crash test dummies. There's another '90s band. Let's do it, and it's full circle again. Oh, and all I ever hear whenever that comes up is I hear the Weird Al parody yeah. more than I hear the real song. What? <laughs> I just, uh, the, my biggest problem with the death penalty is that we don't use it enough. No, of course not. You That's kill somebody, you die. Issue. I'm sorry. If it's not done on accident, if it is done on purpose, it is known as murder. Um, I'm, you shouldn't be fed. You shouldn't have appeals. Um, I don't care about, you know, the criminal justice system is a piece of shit. We protect. We already know this. We protect criminals over victims. Yeah, that's ridiculous. We demonize victims, and that's you know that brings us back. It to should the be sexual, called the liberal justice. system. It brings us back to the sexual assault, uh, assault assault stuff. When you have legitimate rape cases, yeah, legitimate, they will go overboard trying to. De- well, what you know? What was she wearing? I don't care what she was wearing. No. This isn't okay. At what no. point do you, do you, do people? Have retained the ability to sleep at night after defending this. If it's forcible, it's forcible. I think we don't use the death penalty enough. No. I think that in cases of things like uh, stealing of innocence, if you rape somebody, you should have your dick and balls cut off straight. Bam, I think right there. That is a, that's a fact, and I think if it's a child, a child. I'm not talking about if you're a female. You need uh, I'm not concrete about. poured in your vagina and completely uh, remove your. Lady parts overall. I'm not talking smooth. about a 20 year old that's having sex with a 17 year old girl. I'm not talking about that. That's I'm talking about you got somebody that that is victimizing children. They oh, need yeah. to die. That's stolen innocence. And I'll and I'll, I don't care where you are on any political spectrum. If you think that those people, we've already proven they cannot be re- rehabilitated. No, of course not. They have no. no value to society. If you are out there having sex with children, you need. To be dead. dead. There is no way dead. around that. I don't care if you were the most far less bleeding heart liberal on the planet. If you think that these people, well, put them in jail. Jail's not good enough. Kill them. The only thing, the only re- way that jail would be okay for them is if you put them in general population and tattoo on their chest what they're in jail for and let Darwinism play out for what little bit of Darwinism is accurate. Being in jail is actually let less humane, though. Because you're treating somebody as an animal and putting them in a cage. Good, and let the animals kill that animal that was having sex with children. And that's what happens. If you are proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, we've got you on video, and you committed a heinous crime and murdered somebody, die. If you raped a child, die. If you violently raped someone else as an adult, die. If you kill someone. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't bother me. You need to die. It does. It that does not bother me. And if if it bothers you, I want to know why. It is somehow incumbent upon taxpayers. It angers to me pay. to hear somebody that that bothers somebody. It, it pisses me off beyond belief. But why is it incumbent on taxpayers to pay six or seven figures over a course of a lifespan yeah. to keep these idiots? Sixteen alive? million dollars for one of these guys in in Colorado. Um, he killed. Went, went to a Chuck E. Cheese, killed four people, admitted it, cut everybody out. Then they said he's he he was bipolar. They kept trying to push that. They finally end up pushing that. It doesn't matter if you're bipolar or not. You still know better than to kill people. I know some legitimately bipolar people. I'm pro- I'm possibly. They're bipolar. not shooting anybody. They're not killing anybody. Possibly. There's nothing bipolar about murder. No. Okay. That's again. That's the same thing as the gun control thing. No. We can't let the mentally ill have weapons. Technically, 
anxiety and depression and those things everybody's, are mental illnesses. Everybody's mentally ill. We all have mental illness Everybody's issues. mentally ill. That has nothing to do with guns. It's Call evil what it is. Evil is evil, and you have to answer the bell when it comes to this stuff. Otherwise, you have people who have a life that they consider to be subpar and terrible and awful. They can go out, and they feel like they can kill someone else, and the worst that can happen to them is they go live in prison and live better than they lived outside of it because there's no threat of anything happening. I don't want to see seven and eight. Um, and I don't care why you've... Why you do what you did, or you had a bad childhood? You, I had a horrible childhood, and that shit happened to me. I don't go kill people, so you know what? You can choose your path. You kill somebody. Yes. I don't care what led you to it. You still ended somebody's life. You need to die. I Sorry. don't want to see seven or eight appeals. No, you, you, no appeals. Okay, if there was if there was an issue with with how things were carried out in the trial, by all means. Yeah, but just appeal, 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 appeal. No, it, if, if you there's reasonable doubt that you it may not have been that person, then I understand. Yes. But if there's no reasonable doubt that it is that person, then they know it is that person. And the first you know. thing that everybody always brings up is, what about the wrongfully convicted? We have the uh, we and have, that happens, and that does happen. Okay, but I'm not talking about those cases. No, we're talking, talking about the clear cut when we cases. know, and it was egregious and it was awful, and they sought out to do it, and they did so without remorse, they did so without hesitation. Kill them, and, they and laugh. It, it does not bother me a bit. No, okay, not a bit. And if you lose sleep, I'm going to take a second and just hone this in. Just hone it in because I could go on for another hour on this. If you were going to sit here and you're going to protest outside of a prison because a murderer is being put to death. You're a piece of shit. And at the same time, you're going to go out of your way and donate to Planned Parenthood. Oh, gosh. You are a garbage you're, human you're, you're, being. You're pretty much a murderer yourself. You are a, it is, it, I cannot put it into words. The effect that that has on me, because we have as a society completely walked away from the basis of who we are, the protection of literally innocent human life. And we're sacrificing them on the altar of whatever you want. That's pure evil. Of convenience, of of personal preference, of uh, whatever. We, that is allowed, but you're going to protest killing someone who has killed other people, who have ruined other lives. How dare you? We have we have lost sight of morality to that point. And there is there's honestly, you can hear my voice starting to go again. There is honestly you sound no, like Alex Jones. You know, if it was Alex Jones, I'd be ranting all the time. Make the compressor on the on the board just start lighting up like it's Christmas. Before I go on. This is our new Herber supplement. We can only stay on the air another week or two. You gotta buy this. What about the life straw? Back after this on Different Wolf Yeah, it's just, yeah. I'm not going Alex Jones on it. But um, you, I know you really enjoy the Alex Jones impression. I always do. Um, I like to see somebody take a life straw and like just straight <laughs> diarrhea and fucking get water out of it without throwing up. <laughs> you know, that would just be great. So, in summary. If you if you are okay with abortion, and don't don't give me the cop out answer of well I personally don't like it, but what about choice? Well, let's apply that idiotic logic to anything else. I personally don't believe in murdering seventy three people, but if you want to do it, then I guess you should. If you're raped and you get pregnant, I don't agree. I don't know. That's that's the only line that I have. If you're raped and forcibly impregnated, 
I don't know. I think it's terrible. I think it's absolutely awful. But I'll also ask this one question, and I'll, I will probably I'll get demonized for this. How is it the baby's fault? And that's and I I totally agree with that. But there's just it's that's awful. only that's only line, the line that I think of that we don't agree. And I understand, I understand that. that I understand that entirely. Okay, but people try to use that as a cop out for why it should be legal across the board and and, no. and okay across the board. That's a special circumstance. Rape, incest, life of the mother is less than one percent of all cases. Yes, that is not. That doesn't signify, sufficient. hey, let's let's make it across the board legal. That's not sufficient yeah. for a blanket solution, and that pisses me off. It shouldn't even be legal or illegal. It should be like, hey, this is morally fucked up. Don't do it. It's wrong. Don't do it because it's wrong. But, and, and here's the point of this. Overall, you can't legislate morality. No. Morals no. cannot be legislated. And every day you turn on the news and you find, oh, yeah, we need to pass one more gun law, and that would have stopped the guy from walking into the church in Sutherland Springs and murdering all those people. Oh yeah, sure. No, it would it would made no difference. He could have like, made a pre- pressure cooker bomb and threw it in the door and blew it, blew people up. He could have done the yes. same thing. We can make abortion illegal tomorrow. Is it going to stop abortion? No. No. Because not. people will go back to doing it in the alleys. No. The change has to come in morality. The change has to come from the human heart, and the human heart is only changed whenever you come to a knowledge of, of God and whenever you know Christ. That's what changes your life. And we've gotten so far away from that as a foundation. I really, I just don't know if there's going to be any return, any return to it, and that's unfortunate. It sucks for them. Boy, does it ever. It sucks and for there's, them. There's no other way to put that. No. You know, like I said, this episode didn't have a whole lot of rhyme or reason to it. It was just really a matter of getting back on the horse and getting back behind the mics and, and talking a little bit again. The next episode, hopefully we'll be talking to Justin Novaria. We're going to talk a little bit about Miguel Cotto's last fight. Uh, which is coming up here in a couple of days. We're also going to be talking about the big Lomachenko-Rigando fight that's coming up next weekend on December 9th. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about... uh, I think it's going to be a whitewash for Loma. I think he's too big. But we'll analyze that in depth as well. Um, We'll have our top five list of the top five greatest villains in our own estimation. That should be fun, but uh, really we just need to get back on the horse, and we, we will be bringing you more episodes on a regular basis. No matter what, we'll probably be be playing more random 80s and 90s music and introducing you to songs that you've never heard before. We've got a lot to do, and we enjoy it. But no matter what, just remember what we've learned over the years. And it's like we've talked about before. I know I've said this in the past, but I've closed a couple of episodes this way. (sighs) It's just a friendly piece of advice. Betrayal never comes from your enemies. Watch your six. Steve, it was fun. It's always fun. It is. We'll talk to you soon. Episode nine's coming. This is it for episode eight. Until next time, I'm Brad. That's Steve. This has been Apex Live.